Checking for me pod starts in this very moment. I'm Rachel Jarofsky. I'm Cody Wilkins. And as for always, just so grateful to have you all. My goodness. Happy whatever day it is. Rachel, how are we doing over there? Who's checking for you these days? Who's checking for me? Uh, mm, that's always hard to say. I know. <laughs> I guess like my students, I would say. I'm like mm-hmm. the end of my day jobs are on their way, which I'm like cool with that. You know, I'm doing that little combo of working while collecting which seems illegal but somehow isn't um but yeah hebrew school's coming to an end they and i'm i'm like cool with that like they've had enough of zoom and i've had enough of them on it there you go um so i'm just like i'm good i'm ready to make that transition i have this one student who's like always keeps his camera off 24 7 but will like message me privately the whole class on some like what's up like i'm te- huh? what do you mean i'm teaching i'm trying to engage your peers like you know what's up why aren't where are you you know right. not <laughs> not visible he's trying to, I had to like points. set right exactly and ultimately i really did have to set a hard boundary with this young man because it like it got to the point where it was like, are you spitting game at me? Like you are in fourth grade, but like you are giving me game spitting vibes. Just like the degree Bold. by which you're chatting me at like, who's your favorite player in the NBA? What's your favorite team? What are your biggest fears? You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to teach you the Aleph bet, but also I am afraid of failure. Um, finally, I was just like, look, like I got, you got to go back to class, man. Like <laughs> I, I got to engage everyone else. And he's like, bet. Yeah. You know, that's cool. That's cool. But like dead ass, he goes, I do have texting on my iPad. So with like 30 O's like, no, I'm not about to give you my number. What? Uh, yeah, I would have hit him with the right now. My biggest fear is that. Uh, one of your parents sees this text thread and uh, or like chat this Zoom chat and assumes that uh, I'm entertaining whatever the fuck it is you're up to. <laughs> like what? No, exactly. Thank you. No, thank you. Like I, I will not be the next Mary Kay Letourneau. You guys Mm-mm. remember her? Mm-mm. I, I don't. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't. But I do know that there's a show on Hulu called The Teacher that you are not a guest star in. You know what I'm saying? We not we no. not on that with the children's. No, no, no. So I can't. I couldn't with that. I couldn't with the so. Um, but how are you, Cody? Who who are you checking for? Who's checking for you? What what is life? Who's you know who's checking for me right now is my dentist. My dentist oh, is good. checking for me. Um because the pandemic really put a rift in our relationship, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, I, you're closed because of the pandemic. I can't come in because I'm out of town. You want me to come in, but I can't come in because I just came in from out of town. I, I can't come in because right. I don't have insurance anymore. Uh, you can't have me go. You know what I mean? So we just had this whole back mm-hmm. and forth, like hit and miss. And now they're kind of like, hey, man, 
your mouth got to be dumb dirty at this point. Like they're like the way they're hitting me <laughs> <Right>. up, <laughs> the way they're hitting me up. It just feels like they're roasting me. Like, um, gee, c- come on, man. It's you need to hurry up and 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 green light your way into the office because your teeth probably look like the yellow light. You know what I'm saying? Like, what <laughs> are you doing? Um, so I'm trying to figure it out, but I've never had to. Not never, but in the last three years, I haven't had to schedule a doctor's appointment around employment. So this is a new journey for me. Like, yeah, it, oh yeah, our our schedules just it's overlap. Like Saturday, you know? and then yeah, like yeah. can we? You want to get like Saturday brunch or something? <laughs> and they don't. Right. They they also want to have a weekend. So right. So in the meantime, I guess that what is... I'm checking for. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was gonna say that's tricky. That's, I was, that is tricky. Super tricky. Super tricky. In the meantime, I'm just checking for some heavy duty uh, toothpaste and floss. Yo, I heard about this new toothpaste coming out. Actually, this is what I am checking for. A new toothpaste coming out that apparently has some non-stick shit in the inside of the tube so that you can get more toothpaste. Ooh. Have you heard yeah. of this? I have not. I, I, I mean, I don't know that I want to put in my mouth whatever the chemical is that makes plastic not stick to toothpaste you know i'm not sure i want to do that but i i do believe that this is probably gonna solve a lot of relationship turmoil for people you know because there are people who date and it's like are you one of the bottom squeezers or the middle squeezers now it doesn't matter it's all coming out don't squeeze too hard it don't stick Mm -hmm. i'm I'm a middle squeezer because i'm like chaotic you know i'm just like oh right here you know like the bottom squeezers are so methodical Mm -hmm. You just, I need my toothpaste and I need it now. <laughs> right. Then those, there's like <clears throat> those really serious bottom squeezers who will put like a little pit, like a clip oh at the God. bottom. Yeah. It's like, okay, you were really scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> right. They said, I paid $2.69 for this tube, but I'm going to get every penny <laughs> of it. The bottom squeezers, they, with the, I mean, I, admittedly, I'm, I'm a pretty like relaxed Bottom squeezer. I wouldn't even say I really squeeze. I'm more like a, a bottom slider, a little bit of a pusher. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not giving it a full squeeze. Right, I used right, to right. live with a dude in college who, when he got a new tube of toothpaste, would fold the bottom of it and only squeeze mm-hmm. by continuing to fold up. Like it was always mm. just an increasing fold. I was like, man, <laughs> that's serious. You're like, I'd hate to live in your brain. Right. <laughs> um, hey. That... I am. Oh, I did. I have been light. That kind of, I'm remembering that I have been lightweight checking for also the fucking Woody Allen documentary and HBO. Mm. Don't do it. I, mm-hmm. I, I watched it, but just like, don't save it, you know, save yourself from it. It's just so fucking vomitrocious, sick, stick, you know, sick to your stomach. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah I think I'm cool off that. Woody Allen just gives me. He just looks like a weird dude, a dude who's into weird illegal things privately. It's like what a sick fuck. It it really kind of makes you full circle believe in castrations as like a reasonable punishment. <laughs> like <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe maybe dismembering might be the move for like entitled pedophiles. You know that could be that might be what it's come to. Yo, now I'm gonna just take your word and not watch it if that's how it makes you feel. We. <laughs> Uh, yo, that sounds. Uh, if it instills that 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 form of a belief, 
I'm going to let you finish watching it for me. You know what I'm saying? Jeez. You know, I might not be able to finish it. I I was haunted after one episode, so I'm about to be the one and done, make a little 180 to pose, which is just mm-hmm. like, okay, honoring my LGBTQI POC culture. You know what I mean? You're watching Pose, you're thinking you're making a political statement. Right. Um. It It's just the laziest way to do so, uh, to make a political statement that is by watching TV. But you know, I'm <laughs> have to make, yeah, I'll stick with that. I'll stick with that, I've decided. Speaking of making a statement, I think we need to get at some people who be making statements a little bit too early with their actions. Some folks who maybe need to get got. They big needs to be reined in. And it might be time for us to move on to our next segment. Our favorite segment. Gift of the week. Get, 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 all right, all right, we are back, and it is time for our favorite segment, Gibbs of the Week. And this week, it's an easy one. The people who got to get they big are people who wear their summer clothes in spring. We're going to have to get them. People who wear your summer clothes in spring, get your big, I just can't wait, I just can't wait, gotta reach in my <laughs> closet. <laughs> Fit wearing ass out of here, Okay. You're giving me big, I eat cold Pop-Tarts energy. You know what I'm saying? Just pop it in the toaster <laughs> and be patient for a second. Look, people who wear your summer clothes in the spring, you have three months to wear those white pants, okay? Chill on that because the benches are still dirty. That's mud on your butt, okay? Be easy, <laughs> people who wear your summer clothes in the spring, you are stretching your budget. You don't have enough money to go get new fits like that and wear that shit till the end of August. Take a deep breath. Throw a light jacket on. It's not quite sundress season yet, and I love a sundress. Trust me. But people who wear your summer clothes in the spring, do yourself a favor and let the season bloom before you wear out all the good shit. You look thirsty. You look thirsty. I mean, you really, you read my mind, Cody. You read my mind. And I just want to add that I do find this behavior to be especially popular in our cis white male brethren. Mm. Okay. Let's just call it what it is. Something. Pastel it like it is. Right. Right. Something about having the world constructed perfectly for you really makes motherfuckers be like, hmm, I will wear my knee length salmon shorts in March. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what is the science there? All right, but you know what? Let's get into it, okay? People who wear summer clothes in the spring, y'all need to get your real underdressed and undersunned, okay? Aesthetically unpleasing ass. It is 60 degrees. The cherry blossoms haven't even bloomed, and your legs are looking pale in those shorts. I mean, like you've seen those translucent legs, those translucent March short wearing legs. Okay. With your real crustacean toes, have an ass, put down the sandal, Larry, put down the sandal. Those feet have not seen the light of day in months. Like I don't believe in bathing suit ready bodies, but everybody knows winter feet must be phased back into the world gradually, mm. okay? Mm. You can't just up and decide, I want to fucking wear my rainbow thongs to the gym when your big toenail hasn't been showing signs of life since February. Oh, it's not right. 
It's just not right. And, you know, I'm a mind. I know my biggest critics are thinking, Rachel, it's May. It might as well be June. Summer is essentially here. I disagree vehemently. Okay. Because look, miss me with swimsuit season until Memorial Day. I will honor our nation's military industrial complex with the reemergence <laughs> of my blue jean booty shorts. Then and only then. And in the meantime, all you summer clothes wearing springsters, y'all need to get y'all thirsty, gun jumping, goosebump leg having, mm. so last season rocking, goofy asses on. Okay, Cody, I, th I think we got to put this to a pause because I, I, I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot and sweaty. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Look, we don't need to moisten it up in the virtual studio right now. What we can do is take a big deep breath, air out the windbreaker, and brace ourselves. For the guests with the best. Mm. All rhymes, no stress. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We're about to take you. Uh, if this is Jurassic Park, we're going to the guest stations period. You feel me? Here we go. virtual studio listeners this time around we have a very special guest for you melissa losada oliva is a brooklyn-based poet screenwriter and comic she's written a whole last book of poems called peluda and has a novel in verse bars about bringing selena back to life via seance called dreaming of you that drops in october on astro house but in the meantime you can see more of her writing in the guardian vulture glamour magazine and more plus if you read slowly like I do, you can hear her trademark voice on the podcast, Say More, with Olivia Gatwood, where she breaks down the world through a poetic lens. Melissa, thanks for joining us. How are you? Wow. Oh, my God. Love that intro so much. Um, feeling, feeling really good about myself. Let's start with, like, origin stories of writing poetry. Like, okay, I think about, like, my own origin stories, and, like, I was definitely, like, that like comedy nerd, like uh, college improv, you know, like doing all the fucking comedy clubs that um, just kind of bring together really interesting people. So for you, like, did you, was it like high school program? Was it like college? Like, when did you start? And like, was there like a specific group that was like your path in? Yeah. Um, so I started in college. I went to this all women's college, women's center college in Boston, Simmons College, where everyone was like, a, like studying to be like a nurse or like a librarian, which felt like stereotypical of what women do. <laughs> um, and then there was this like assistant athletic director who did like slam poetry in Boston, and she really wanted to start a slam team. And she was just like going around the cafeteria, like passing out flyers. And I was like, that sounds cool. Um, I I like want attention and I'm a writer. So <laughs> I like <laughs> tried it out and it was cool. And then from there I did like slam um like in Boston and stuff and like was part of this whole like scenes of the late 2010s of um being very earnest and 
and speaking like this. <laughs> um, and yeah, <laughs> but I'm like in skinny jeans and V-neck, you know, I'm thinking late 2010s aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. my bang, Zoe Deschanel bangs, ballet flats, um, wow, huge yikes. Yeah. No, that, that definitely does feel like such a vibe. And I feel like though, whatever college group, you did when you were in college was it was so saturated in that thing i feel like it's the same sort of idea of it's just like oh you are so that i mean yeah if you're walking around wearing ballet flats and you don't even dance you know you bought in you said, look i i am an artiste head to toe you know what I'm yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> so true. yeah i know everyone was so like earnest i'm like so it's so cringe like how earnest everybody was like being like my depression doesn't define me <laughs> and like <laughs> the butterflies in my stomach <laughs> ancestral mango like oh my god <laughs> but it was sweet wow. it was healing yeah <laughs> in my mind I'm like that wasn't bad I was like oh like, that's pretty good you know what I mean like what do I know of what's actually good um I did I watched I took the deep dive I went on your website I hope that's okay I watched some videos off your website um and I was just like and I already knew that you are also a comedian and I don't know if this is like specific to your work or if this is kind of like slam like is it all slam poetry or is like forgive my ignorance but it's just like performing poetry is automatically slam or does like something have to occur for it to then be stamped as oop that's slam you know I'm, what i mean i'm i'm super curious about that as well thank you for that yeah um so i guess like so like slam is like a game um that was like mm -hmm. you like play it the rules are like you have like a team and you're allowed like 3 minutes to say your poem and you have to have it memorized and there's like random people in the audience who judge mm. your poem from a scale of zero to ten um so that is like i guess what makes it like a slam poem um but i got really sick of that because like right. um the poems that were like only doing well were like like my poems would only be good if i went up there and i was like i was assaulted or like trauma right. and then people would be uh -huh. like oh ten you know um, right. And also, yeah, there's just like ego there. It's just like stupid. So I guess like I started like transitioning out of like the slam scene and doing like more like performance stuff. I don't know. I think okay. I just, yeah, anything okay. I read out loud, I'm just like, I'm gonna make it a show. Right. Like kind of call it whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, that competitive art is really a tough, it doesn't sit well with me ever like comedy competitions dance competitions poetry competitions i feel like the whole thing of art is everyone absorbs it differently you know yeah and so w we have to have really really specific parameters off of which to judge and in the place where you're being that open and vulnerable or just like doing some raw staccato shit or like whatever your five seven fives however you're mm -hmm. spitting hot fire <laughs> I would be like, I wouldn't know how to judge or how to perform. That seemed, man, that would have driven me crazy. Yeah, totally. It like really fucks with your sense of like what is good art. And it's, I don't know, yeah. it's such like a like numbers for this like vulnerable story. And then like, 
yeah, everything you do, you're just like, okay, like is an audience, I can't like do anything weird because like, what if it's like an old white man in the audience who just like, likes things that he understands. I don't know. It's like dumb, (laughs) but it was cool too. (laughs) Okay. So, but so that's, so I'm not gonna, I wouldn't dare now say slam because now I know that is a specific. Never. Never. (laughs) Wow. I'm really glad I asked that. Because I would just like slam poetry, like, oh, thank you, Aunt Rachel. Um, so I guess like the specifically the Brooklyn art scene, which like we are all sort of a part of in in its kind of amoebus form. Do you feel like there are a lot of sort poet comic hybrids, um, or like not necessarily? Yeah, I mean, I think like. I feel like the Brooklyn, like, comedy scene was definitely, like, really influential, like, when I moved here in terms of, like, seeing people, like, be, like, kind of, like, avant-garde, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, right. And just, like, I don't know. I was start, started doing, like, PowerPoints and shows and, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. characters. I don't know. Um, but I think, like, lately it's been, I don't know, maybe because we're, like, approaching, like, the earnest era or whatever. Um, I do see like more comedians like doing poetry. Also, there's like, I mean, like Arthi Golapudi, like as like a poetry comedian and like Kat Cohen has poetry and like, um, yeah, I feel like there's just like a really clear like line between poetry and comedy because it's like vulnerable and you're like trying to mold something. You're like molding your words to say something like either like in a joking way or like in a profound way. That's so true. That's really true. And like, now if you now say one person, I'm saying this, at, right now me asking this question is like, I might be wanting to break into this, but I don't want anyone to know. <laughs> um, if a person wanted to do an open mic, no, I'm really not trying to, I don't need to take on any new artistic endeavors. Uh, but like, if one was trying to break in and like, go to a poetry open mic, obviously not right here and now, like, is that something that exists? Like, how do you get up and like, do your poems? Yeah, I really don't know. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) I like got into it as like an earnest like 22 year old. um, And I was like, I'm gonna share my diaries in front of like this like open mic in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, And now I'm like, I really don't know like where to begin if I was starting out now. And Mm. like, I feel like there was this like impetus for slam poets and slam poetry competitions to be recognized by this place called Button Poetry, which like would record you and then like Mm. maybe you would go viral and that doesn't really happen anymore. So there's like, I don't know. I have no idea what people do. I've been like in Brooklyn, I just like, I do comedy shows or like I'm like on a lineup with like bands. (laughs) So yeah, I don't belong anywhere. (laughs) You you do end up on comedy shows then. I do, yeah. And you 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 come in as like, do you come in as like a a, a comedy halftime or? I just like they're like you have five minutes, do whatever. It's like I go on like variety shows and then I read like fun, gotcha. funny poems. I think I haven't yeah. done this in like okay. a year though because like everything yeah. is. So, I have no idea what things are gonna look like. <laughs> yeah, Rachel, I feel like we've talked about this a, a couple times now as we've as vaccines have kind of become uh, a bit more accessible. It's like 
I definitely don't want to get on stage until I'm vaccinated. But even then, it's like, uh, do I know how to do this anymore? Do I want to go through the dance? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Do y'all like miss? Like, what do you miss about it? And what do you not miss about it? I I I miss pretending to have some shit to do. Like, yeah, being like, ah, yeah, I guess Wednesday I gotta be somewhere at seven. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for five fucking minutes, right? You know what I'm, I mean? I'm gonna, be on, I'm gonna be on stage for five minutes, but I'll be hanging out there for 90. I'm gonna have, uh, I'm gonna try and just have one beer, but boredom will mean I'll probably have three, be upset about how much money I spent, and then have to pee on the train home. Oh yeah. my god, uh, wow, that sounds kind of lovely, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I feel like I don't miss like the hey, um, if you got an extra spot, like I would love to do five. I'm working on something, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. like trying to get on shows is like I don't miss that at all. Um, and it and it feels like unbelievably silly to even attempt to go back to that because it's like, should we be? There is no urgency. All the urgency has like truly left the building. Um, so I think that is the dance right now of like, I would like, I would get back up, but I don't really know where and I don't really know who to ask. And I don't really feel like it's that deep to ask, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Speaking of comedy, there's this, there's this old humor algorithm of sorts that we've all heard. Tragedy plus time equals comedy. Now, on your website, you have a fun quote that says, I like when things are a little funny so that I have space to be a little sad. As a poet who gets on variety shows and who does poems that sometimes have some humor in it, can you speak more to what you mean by that and how it impacts and comes to life in your art? Yeah, totally. Um, I have, I forgot that phrase, like tragedy plus time is comedy. Um Yeah, I feel like I think um, like my favorite like books and like movies are like funny and sad. And I think when you are, I think like what I try to do and like my work is like, I don't know, I'm like a really goofy person, but that doesn't mean I'm not like sincere. Mm -hmm. And I think like when I'm giving myself space to be like, lighthearted and like observational and funny than like the people who are like listening to me or reading me like will feel like more vulnerable and will feel like they're my friend and Mm -hmm. they'll have like Mm -hmm. more more space to like listen to more like serious shit yeah it's funny like I have like poet friends and like comedian friends and like whenever I've like brought them together it's like funny because my poet friends are like really earnest and like my comedian friends are like, like fart, 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 like, haha. They're like doing bits all the time. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, guys, yeah. it's okay yeah. to like not be so serious, and like it's okay to like be, uh, to like open up your heart a little bit. <laughs> like you guys can learn from each other. Yeah, right. <laughs> truly. Yeah, no, that is that is true. I feel like a strictly. <laughs> I was gonna say sometimes when I like only hang out with comedians or like go to a comedy hang like I can leave feeling so sad which is like I feel like that kind of is also has to do with your quote is just like what's every what's the sum of everything that's not being said you know what I mean like and that's kind of fell underneath 
Yeah, my um, yeah, I, that's like exactly it. Um, my one of my professors in my MFA program. I just kept kept running like poems that were just like funny. And he was like, Melissa, you're really fucking funny, but so is Louis C.K. And like, he's like a funny person like that is like hiding a lot of stuff underneath. So like, what are you like hiding from us? (laughs) Okay, well, in my mind, you are very hybrid of both like a very specific world where you can have it all. You know what I mean? Like you can go up on stage and like, and, and, and finesse and kind of, go up on stage with whatever you want and it can come from like a more poetic place. Um, But I feel like when I think, so like not thinking of like the you, the Melissa I know, who's very like, you know, three-dimensional, three-dimensional is like a creator and artist. Like when I think of like a poet, I'm like, okay, this is like a dead person who like can can like someone who has died and now I have their book you know what I mean like that's how it feels and they like can sort of like scribble into a journal in a park and then like somehow it gets published I don't know how um but I feel like I guess I view poetry as like such a private craft if that makes sense Um, but just like the way that the world works, there's this need to be like, so public with your creativity, like you have to like play the game and, you know, post and be at, you know, social media, which, you know, is, I could talk about for 1100 years. Um, so I guess like, do you feel, do you feel like in your work that pressure to play the game to a degree? It's so tough. It's like, also, like in the last year, I'm like, this is so like not good for us. Is I sound like such a hippie, but I'm like, this is right. not right. <laughs> like, there's no like, I don't know. Everyone's just like yelling at each other all the time, and like no one's having a conversation, and like we're only seeing people like succeed or like completely like you know fall. <laughs> Um, I like started hanging out with people again, like in the last month and I was like, oh, like Mm -hmm. all those infographics like weren't about me (laughs) and like, I like, (laughs) I'm just like, oh, I can like, this is so much better. And I remember like having friends is like, not like, I don't know, like doing, I don't even, I don't even know what the fuck we do on the internet. (laughs) I think one of the things that is so important in live performance, especially in comedy, especially in, in poetry, that you miss out on the internet is tone. Tone of voice is so unbelievably important. And when you when you lose that ingredient to a message, then it loses clarity and it loses the the same depth of its impact. And it is uh I feel you on not wanting to step away because you can get a lot of gigs from that. And there's a lot of like opportunity, but the the cost sometimes is sanity or like diluting what you're trying to say or being, being really negatively, consequentially misunderstood, which is the worst. Or just like Twitter, like, like Twitter, I've now I've been, I've stepped away for so long that I'm so buried in the algorithm that like. I would have to be thirsty as hell to like get back. Like I'd have mm-hmm. to be like commenting here, reaching here, like, hey, look at me, pay attention to me, people that I am not interacting with in person. And like that degree, that is so cringy to me. I know. 
yeah, it's so like I hate it. It's so it's so debasing. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh. and then I'm like, oh my god, I know I'm posting selfies because I know like it will put me in the algorithm more, and I'm like, I'm more than my face. <laughs> Social media can can uh, kick up a lot of fear in me, and I think in in and it sounds like all of us and a good number of performers, which or performers rather, which leads me to my next question which is also peeled from inspired by something you said uh, in your bio on your website, Melissa, which is um, you mentioned being interested in horror because you're scared of everything. And, and I feel like I'm the exact opposite. Like I, I hate real life drama, so I don't even watch soap operas. You know what I mean? If it's, if the show's going to be an hour long, miss me with it. I'm not, I'm not trying to get involved. So so I want to know what about your all-encompassing fear pushes you towards horror? And how do you make it through a day being scared of everything? Like, or are you the bravest person alive or are you just a constant wreck? What's going on over there? Um, I'm like trying to constantly get out of a wreck. I think like, so I have OCD and it's like intrusive thought OCD. Like it's like final destination OCD where I'm like, oh my God, the elevator could break and it could um, like slice up all my body parts and it'll look like a meat factory. And, um, or like, what if I took my cat and I threw him off the roof? What if I did that? What if I stabbed my boyfriend? Um, and it's just like all these like, what if things? And I'm like, constantly afraid of like what I'm capable of and like what other people are capable of and like to deal with it like for OCD treatment you have to like sit with the thoughts and um I can't really watch horror movies because they like trigger intrusive thoughts but I really like writing like scary stories and like Dreaming of You Selena is like this like horror love story um I really love the idea of like every love story being a ghost story um and I don't know, I'm like a diaspora child. So like, there's all these like, I'm like kind of haunted. Um, or not, I'm not really. I I have like, <laughs> you know, when you meet people and you're like, you're haunted, you like see ghosts. I've like never actually like felt a presence. I'm too much of like a Virgo. Um, but yes. Oh my God. A poet becoming spiritual on the pod. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Word. I mean... I there it sounds like then the pen and the pad or I guess the keyboard and the dock, whichever one you're you're writing in, is a great place to not just explore but also expel some of these thoughts. You know, it's like uh it if part of what you're saying is to get through it is to sit with it. Well, why not sit with it and put it on paper and then and then you share it and then everyone's like, That was raw and then you're not alone in those thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of being afraid is like being lonely and like not being able to see mm, something wow, in front yeah. of you. So, yeah. Wow, you really just, uh, you just described my anxiety. My therapist is making me do this thing. I what if, I what if a lot too. Like, what if? But my what ifs are like so, uh, what if this unpractical thing happens to me? They're like boring what ifs. Um, like, what if I never get a job ever again? Like, what a, you know, it's not, it's not quite as inventive. And so now she has me write down every what if. And then I have to counter it with what if that doesn't happen? Or hey, so what? So what is another Dude, one? Dude, that sounds, my therapist for OCD, who I stopped seeing, she would make me write down 
Like I was afraid of accepting food from people because I thought it was poisoned. So she made me write down mm. poison over and over. <laughs> I looked so crazy. I was like, poison, poison, poison. I'm afraid of not accepting free food from people because I'm like, when will I ever get this chance again? I may never <laughs> yeah, get this I know. opportunity. <laughs> Definitely. That makes sense. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk some, let's talk what ifs. What if everything works out perfectly? What if you hit the artistic creative lotto? What does pie in the sky checkery look like for you? Whoa. Oh my God. I feel like it it looks like a lot of people's in who I know, which is like, oh my God. Okay. Ernest. I feel like I'm like, all right. I feel like I write, I have like a TV deal for my pilot about a haunted bookstore Mm -hmm. and I have a book of short stories and I I am uh what else I feel like there needs to be like something else where I'm like oh I have a I have a profile in the New Yorker and I'm like I look really cool Uh, and I'm like holding my cat yeah and it's like Melissa walked with her cat towards me in the coffee shop wearing a milkmaid blouse (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah yeah, yes. yeah that, would, yes. that would be cool that would be pie in the sky but maybe i should aim higher i don't know maybe i should start a business and exploit people that's the american <laughs> way right <Duh. laughs> that's <Yeah>. the lick <laughs> really if you think about it as an artist right let's say you're an artist and you go and you start an llc or an s corp right uh then you have started a business to exploit yourself wow mm? yuck mm. oh shit. you've done it oh my god you have done it you can treat yourself like shit because you are your own employee <laughs> you're right you're your boss and it, it makes it because then it's like i have power yeah and i'm powerless at the same time i I love what i've created but i hate my boss you know what i mean like <laughs> right. how, it's all wow you could just be the artistic dog chasing your tail. Any, what I'm saying is anything is possible. Okay? You can do it all. <laughs> you can exploit yourself in this beautiful country. <laughs> what a dream. What an American dream. Okay, well, we asked this <laughs> we asked this question to everyone who comes on. Uh, this is your moment to plug. What do you want folks checking for from you today? Um, you can pre-order my book. My publishers would want me to say this. You can pre-order my book, Dreaming of You, um, off Astra House. If you just search Melissa Losada Oliva, Dreaming of You, you can find it. Um, all the pre-orders like really help me, um, in the future and the press. Do not, don't you fucking dare order it from Amazon. Um, because... It just no. don't do it. You can order it on bookshop.org and support a local indie bookstore. Um, that would be sick. I have a podcast called Say More with Olivia Gatwood. We haven't recorded in a while because she's finishing her book. Um, but you can check out our episodes. Um, I'm on the internet at hello Melissa, ELLO Melissa. And yeah, I post about everything I do there. <laughs> cool. Okay, so so many things to check for. Melissa, thanks so much for coming on the pod, pushing back against these technological adversities. Wi-Fi is a ghost. 
thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Y'all are so cool. I hope to see you in the real world very soon. So soon. I'm Rachel Jarofsky. I'm Cody Wilkins. You are great listeners. We appreciate you. And we are out. Check it for me. Check it for me.